Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, folks. Welcome to The Hang. Today, we're hanging with my buddy, American actor Tim Rogan. Tim and I have been friends for a few years now. We share similar passions. I wish we shared similar jawlines, though. Tim is one hell of a guy. He has a big heart and is always looking at the positive side of things. He is a great testament to putting your energy into what you can control and letting go of what you cannot. It has been really exciting to see how Tim has developed his craft over the last few years and started to accumulate credits on his resume that already goes between the stage and camera. But it's not surprising either. Tim has grit. His focus and determination is second to none. But it's inspiring for us all to see and hear. The work he puts in and his self-accountability is something that I draw on from time to time when I need to push myself. It's truly motivating. Hey, buddy. Welcome to The Hang. How you doing? I'm great now that I'm seeing you, man. It's been so long. It has been a minute. It's. I was like thinking about it and I was like, I was like, when was the last time we've been in like the same room? And I was like, been, I mean, at least a year, maybe a couple. When was the last time? I don't know. I, I mean, was it, was it working out at Solace? No. We were in Equinox. Been, I think it probably, it, I mean, no, like. Knowing us, it probably was like a hey. I think it was the Equinox of the Sports Club on the Upper West Side or something like that. That's right. Because um, you you were here for something. I was recording the album. Yes, yes, that's right. You were doing the album, and then yeah, because I mean you've been off crushing it in the UK and touring all over the place, Mister Holy City. So yeah, <laughs> but it's awesome. So how's it going, man? What have you been up to? Um, let's start career wise. Well, how's things been? Because you yeah. are one of the most positive hustlers i know always improving yeah. always working to be better yeah so where did we last leave it what were you doing last when i saw you um 
I was thinking, I was literally, I was thinking, I was like, oh, you remember that time I was like helping you read lines when you were in Japan for something when I was doing Ever After down in Atlanta? You were like, you like got something and you were like, oh, like I have a last minute audition. And I like woke up one morning to like help you read lines because we've helped each other with scenes and stuff before. And then you were like, you were in Japan doing something. And like I was in rehearsals for that because I was picking your brain on that. But that, so that was, but I mean, that was like almost two years ago. But during, I mean, I'm sure every artist that you've had on here that I feel like the hang has turned into a like a, hey, so what's it like being an artist during these crazy pandemic times? Because I'm like, you started this before uh, COVID hit. Before, yeah. before everything went down so it's kind yeah. of been i mean so that's an interesting thing but uh, honestly the my succinct answer to stuff has been um just trying to keep myself busy with side projects as a way of just maintaining discipline and trying to control the things that you can um because momentum it's wild because i from like a career point of view uh i was like 2019 into the beginning of 2020 was going great and it was like i was i had been i'd lined up um a couple uh commercial gigs um a couple uh tv co-star things which like some of that's like just airing now so it's funny because everybody's like congratulations it's so cool i was like yeah let's celebrate the thing i booked 11 months ago but that's yeah. cool like that's you know what i mean um but and so then, uh, you know everything sort of went down in march and then it's just been the things that i was like all right what you know you can't control obviously all these things particularly within the theater world that it's still things are just dead in the water unfortunately um so one of the big things is i was like just taking classes um getting into acting classes and i was like i was really lucky where i was able to take multiple sessions of stuff with bob krakauer and ted slaberski and i was like i like adore those guys and i've been working with like I, you and i've talked about ted and like and so i just feel like you know that these past few years since moving to New York, I feel has been my like masters in the on-camera world of like studying with those guys and be like, oh, okay, like now let's learn how to do it. So, um, and then been working out a lot because you're like, well, you've got all this time. So you might as well just, and that's, that was something too, that I was like talking with some of the the trainers at the gym that I go to. And it's wild because that sense of community that you have um, as actors and I feel like as, as theater people, that it's such a huge part of our lives where we see each other in our shows we see each other at, at auditions. You go to the audition and it's almost like you're beginning to see and recognize friends. You guys are talking about what's going on. That got taken away. And so it's like, I have actor friends. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen you for months. And so the, the folks at my gym that they were doing Zoom classes all throughout quarantine to help uh, keep it open. So like the main gym that I go to is like a, I sort of say like boutique type thing where it's like, it's really like that sort of location. Um, but I like really leaned into that community and those trainers have really become, I was like, man, you're kind of like, you feel like my theater coworkers. Cause I'm like, you're the people that I see all the time. And we've been, you know, going through all the current events and stuff while that's been going on. So it's really just been a thing of, I'm like, all right, just, just try to stay busy. And that's, that's your coping mechanism. Well, at least now you're back in the gym. I see you. I don't know how you do uh, CrossFit classes with a mask on. That must be like altitude training. <laughs> it's, I mean, the first couple of classes that we came back, it was like, uh, we'd like, we'd like get to the end of it. So it's like, you know, the end of the Metcon where you're just like redlining and this and that. I literally had to like sprint to the bathroom, like shut the door, go into like the shower and just like try to breathe into the floor. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm like losing it. Um, and so it's gotten better, but it is, I mean, it, I, I go, does it suck? Yes. Um, is it, 
infinitely better than not being in that facility at all, hands down. So I just go, it's kind of one of those things that I'm like, well, there's no use complaining about it because that just is what it is. Like if you want to be in here and have access to this incredible facility and these incredible trainers, it's like, you just got to do this thing. And I'm like, great. It's uh, like, it's keeping everybody safe and it's keeping this place open. So awesome. You know, and then it'll just feel that much better when we get to take them off. So, yeah. And that's the thing. It's whether I know there's so many different opinions on how this whole pandemic is and whatever, but with businesses and whatnot, our goal should be to try and keep them open safely according to the rules. So whether you like it or not, especially a private business like that, who's you, you want them to survive. You don't want them to go under. And that's the thing that I applaud. I really applaud uh, Brick, my, my gym in New York, is they from back in uh, March before everything shut down, they did not underestimate this at all. We, after every time, every time you touch a piece of equipment, you go, you wipe everything down. We this and that. They've got everything boxed out. Um, the masks on at all times, unless you're literally down to take a drink of water. Um, and so they've been very, very vigilant about it and not underestimating at all. But then again, that important thing of going right now, how do we strike the balance between also keeping this place open, but while keeping everybody safe. And I just, I really admire how they haven't underestimated things at all while still trying to keep the place open, but they've had to, and they've gone down to limited capacity. There's something like 25 or 33% capacity, which is hard. And they let go. And I mean, it's, it's for so many of our friends. Is that thing when everything went down for, for the theater world, the entertainment world, where they're like, well, how many of our friends, their backup jobs is something in the fitness industry, something in the service industry, or something in the events industry, where they do something like catering or event planning. All of those got decimated. And it was the same thing at, at Brick, too, that even some of the, the permanent trainers and stuff that they just had to go, we, we've got to cut hours, we're cutting classes, people are going, well, you know, I, I can't just be in the city and not working. So I'm going to move. So it's, we've lost a whole bunch of trainers over there too. And I, you know, it's the same thing in the, in the theater world where I go, it's like every week I see another friend that's like, Hey, I'm, I'm heading out of New York. Don't know if this is permanent. Maybe it is permanent and we'll see what's going on. So my whole strategy through all this has just been to like, just try to ride out the storm in New York and just it's like if you get something to just be here. I literally I had this backdrop up from something that happened last night that I was like, that like you know, I, it was it was great. I was like, two auditions came in. I was like, okay, we're we're here. It's like it's like when when those things come in, you're like, okay, it's still worth it. We're still in the fight, you know. Like it it just sort of gives you those little breadcrumbs to keep getting through the next several months. Well, here's the thing: what other options are there right now? That's it's it just and like that's it's just sort of one of those things where I'm like, you can, you can complain about it or you can just take it, roll with it, you know, adapt. What's the next thing, you know? And there's different levels of this. There are some people who is, you know, you're lucky. I guess you're, you only got yourself to worry about for yep. now. And you know, some families out there, it's, it's hard. So just surviving, just making the day work is enough, you know? And, and it's like, what exactly? It's like, what if, what if you had a wife and kids in this position? It's like, if, if you didn't have, cause it's like, all right, cost wise, you're able to just like trim the fat on stuff. So it's just, my heart just goes out to people that it's just heartbreaking. And you see, yeah. and you, you have friends that are struggling with this stuff, but it's just, I was like, all right, luckily knock on wood. We're just kind of in a position where I was like, just hunker down and just try to ride it out. And then, 
like I said, when these little opportunities have come along, you're like, okay, we can still, we can still compete. We can still do stuff. So. So how have you managed to, you know, pay the rent and keep yourself floating above water with you've had, you had savings, these little jobs that come in. It's odd, odd end projects. And then the, the dodging of the bullet was some of the commercial work that I had done back in February, literally like days before everything began shutting down, like at the end of February, um, I just got super, super lucky in that stuff that I had lined up in that month has been literally the stuff that has been covering the rent for this absolute chaos. And it's like, you know, I mean, you know, you're not buying an apartment or anything, but you're like, okay, we're able to breathe until, until next month. And then just little odd end jobs of things here and there. It was like, Oh, like here's a fitness commercial. Like that, you know, somebody is like, Hey, we want you to go do this thing. And so it's just these, again, these little odd end jobs that we, you know, you would do normally, but there's just so, so many less of them than there used to be. But I just, it's one of those things where I was like, I'm just very, very fortunate that those things that happened right before everything went down. So then right during the peak, you know, of, all of this during the summer, you start with how the payment for the on-camera stuff, you start seeing those things coming in after the fact. And I was like, it, it saved me completely. Oh, that's great to hear, man. Yeah. And here's the thing. Ever since I've known you, you've been the most positive guy. I don't think I've ever seen you pissed off. I don't think I've ever heard you cuss. <laughs> I've never heard you cuss, to be honest. Really? Well, we can change that. We can change that on this podcast. If it so. comes, don't do it for the <laughs> sake of it. But if it comes, feel free to let fly. Um, how is... This time, because from your Instagram, I can still see you've been hustling and being positive. And like you say, just making the most of what you got. Yeah. How have you maintained that? Because even at the best of times, has there been days where you were like ready to tap out for a hot second or? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, I think, again, one of the really, really important things is, uh, is just perspective. Right. And the everybody's going through, you know, everybody's suffering is relative and people go through, um, you know, everybody's got stuff going on, you know, you know, as, as proactive as you are with all of these things, I'm sure your career was absolutely slammed by all of this and stuff too. There are projects that you had that you had wanted to do and things that lined up that it was like, that just got shelled. And so like a big thing for me has been trying to just keep that sort of like balance of things of going, yes, it sucks. It's okay to feel that. But then at that same time, look at what you can keep going. Look at the things that you, that you, that you are able to keep doing. Um, you, you are able to keep working out and even staying healthy. You still have an apartment with internet that allows you to film video, uh, uh, you know, to send in submissions for things. And so, it's kind of one of those things where I go, one thing that's helped is I'm like, there's people, there's a lot of people that have it way worse than you do. So try to find, but you counter that because I go, you know, nobody likes to hear when you're suffering or you're upset, somebody going, well, there's, you know, there's people starving somewhere, you know, I get that. Like you're, you're going through something right now. So you, you try to have empathy towards that, but it's, it's just a root and routine has been a big thing of just trying to, it's like, if you just, stick to this daily thing. If you just keep doing those little things that win the hour, win the day, you'll win the month, you'll win the year. And, but it absolutely, but I mean, all of that being said is you absolutely have those days where you're just like, oh, what am I doing here? 
you know, and when it's, when it's weeks in between getting auditions and you go, why am I paying rent on a Manhattan apartment when I'm just sitting here, what's going on? So, I mean, it's a couple of big projects that, um, I worked on that one I can credit you for was the rebuilding of my website, which was a massive, massive undertaking, um, with the shout out to the guys over at seven ages where I was like, it's been something that had, was on my bucket list for like two years that I was like, I hadn't, it was 2020 and I hadn't updated stuff since like 2017. And I was like, you, you need to like bring this up. Like you've done some stuff since then. Um, but that was a major undertaking. Um, and it's one of those things that I'm super proud of now. And then I went out too and um, finally added a manager on top of uh, working with agents and stuff. Cause I was like, well, look, let's just try to double our output. Like, you know, I was like, people are like, oh, you really want to give up another 10% of your paycheck? And I was like, well, 10% of zero is still zero. So let's just, <laughs> I was like, let's, let's double our output. You know what I mean? For, and you know, I just sort of was like, because everybody, everybody operating at the level that I know that one day I'd like to get at, they have them both. They're like, I've got the manager and I've got the agent. So I was like, all right, it's just, it's another expense that when you uh, begin to level up, you just sort of go, it's like, all right, well, we're adding a whole new department to the business that is Tim Rogan or the business that is Ramin Karamloo. So if we want to add this whole department to this business, okay, it's going to take 10% of our profits. Okay, that's good. But what are we getting in return? Well, we're doubling our marketing. We're doubling our outreach. You know, you've got all these other people looking out for us. So well, to me, that so. was kind of worth it. Well, yeah, <laughs> in an ideal world. But um, that too was another major thing. And I was like, all right, what can we control? What can we do? All right, well, there's this possibility to start finding more work if you bring some people on. So we went down that road. But it's just, I don't know, like to, again, to just sort of bring back to your answer, it's like, how did you try to stay, you know, positive? And you're like, just try to try to control the things you can and the things that you can't. You're like, you just got to absolve yourself from them. Because so much, I mean, it's, and again, it's like the stuff with theater where it's just like, is it, it, will it really be summer or will it maybe be fall? Will it maybe, you know, it's like, just take what you can get. Every time I get my hopes up and get excited, cause it's, you know, I'll, I do have a impending Broadway show to, well, I think to go to. So every time I get excited thinking that's going to happen, I get excited. Cause if that happens, everything else is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a bit news that, oh, it's delayed even more. It's delayed even yeah. more. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking because that's for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And you just think, wow, come on, give us well, something like, to get excited like, about. Did you see did you see the Tom Cruise rant when he was on the Mission Impossible set? I heard did it. Did you hear that? Mm. Yeah. And I was like, I listened to it and I was like, he cares. I was like, you know, did he maybe lose his cool a little bit? You're like, yeah, you know, understandably. And you're like, but at the same time, you're hearing everything that he's saying. You're like, that's what's at stake for these productions, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, you think about what goes into a movie, you think about what goes into a single Broadway show. And I was like, it's not just the actors, it's all those production people, it's yeah. all those staff within the building and this and that. It's all the people that for a movie or a TV show that work in the post side of things. And he's like, if we shut down for two weeks, our budget can't afford it, you know, if things get shut down, it's, you know. Well, look, he's had to still go through the pandemic. And I know he's yeah. in a comfortable position, but. I think they still have the stresses, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't disagree with the rant and if he was looking out for everyone, but I didn't know what those, what, do you know what happened? What, what were the guys doing that set him off? 
I wasn't there, but I heard that it was, <laughs> I heard that it was like, it was just, it was honestly, it was like guys uh, standing way too close to each other. It was like, there was a monitor and then they were like huddled up around it or something like that. He's like, you can't do that. Like you guys are, I get it. Like we're all doing the thing. And he's like, but I keep seeing you guys, you're coming over and you're checking the stuff and you're all huddled, like you're huddled around it. So how did that go down for you guys? What was the shooting time? Like how, how long of the break was that? How did that like interrupt things for you guys? I think it was almost four months. Wow. Which was scary. After, because yeah. obviously when this started, you think two weeks, three weeks you'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just a four yeah, week you're lockdown. Like, oh, a two week, you're like a two week vacation and you're like, I'll get to just like see my friend. I was like FaceTiming and I was like, I was like, I cranked out my Xbox for the first time in months and I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go. And then you're like, oh, this is, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Well, after like two months in, I became this pseudo carpenter building things around the house, buying tools <laughs> that I've never had before. I'm like, What's happening with our life right now? When are we going back to work? He does he does one Bible movie and he becomes a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> what about the most like recent lockdown things for the UK? Has that like do you know what that's done to productions for things? Fortunately, they're still going ahead. Like I'm still okay. filming. As yeah. of now. Yeah. January. What is it? January what today? Eighth. Eighth. So because there's nothing I'd like to think there's nothing to shut it down. So I think with things that it's hard because with this lockdown, I have certain opinions and why biz, certain businesses, why are they shut down then? Yeah. There hasn't been, but I, what do I know? I'm not a politician. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm yeah. I've been very fortunate with my experience with this virus. So my opinion doesn't really matter. You know, all I can do is yeah. what do you need me to do? I'll stay out of the way. I won't be part of the problem as best I can. Yeah. Yeah. So while we can work, I'm just keeping, keeping yeah. my distance and yeah. being living in gratitude that we are working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I wanted to pick your brain. I, I know I've like, I've asked you about it before and stuff, but I'm like, what's it like now for you? I'm so curious to hear now that you've got the like series regular thing going with Holby city. Cause you know, I know you've gone like with the, you know, the theater world and you've had like, the the tv things that you've done but what what's what's that world like because i go that's the thing that i was like yeah i want to i want to do that like i want to i want to do that reoccurring thing one day like i'm like so just how's like how's that been versus even just like the like the guest star thing you know what's it like to be showing up to the set because i know what it's like in the theater world we know what it's like to do a run of something for months and weeks at a time you know but i'm like i'm so curious to be like what's that how does that what's that nine to five world like for you well, here's the thing, Tim. You're first of all, you're gonna do it with a jawline like that. You're, you're gonna be fine. Wait till COVID goes away. Timmy Rogan's Thank gonna you. be a Thank big you. star. Thank you. Um, this, is, this is why I took the call. It was just for you to butter me up. So cool. <laughs> it's been amazing because, like the theater world, where you do eight shows a week, six or seven, on my case, and on certain roles, you get to try. Whatever inspires you in the day, whatever inspires you in the week. But that's how I work, at least. I'll pick something up. I'll see a TV show. I'm like, oh, I want to try that. Or something will, will, you'll be inspired by that you get to go the next night and try it on stage. And that's what yeah. you keep it fresh with. Without, you know, you, hopefully you're serving a story and not yourself. So with Hobie, where you, it's a continual, continual drama. So the yeah. scripts are constantly changing. And I try not to even ask about, Where's the future storyline going? I want to live it in the moment as and when. Yeah. And it just 
for someone like myself, who's still well, hopefully always growing, but someone who's super eager to grow, which I think you're very similar, every yeah. day is a lesson, you know? Yeah. And I, my favorite is working with the guest with the guest acts that come on because you don't know at all their character storyline or them as actors and how they work. So it's completely in, uh, fresh and different every time. So anytime yeah. my, my character is linked with a guest storyline, I'm super yeah. happy. Um, yeah. So I've grown so much. And what I love about this, the questions you probably have, I had bef- as well before becoming uh, yeah. a regular lead on like the a show. regular, yeah. Because now I feel like, oh, you know, it's just a thing of, oh, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> the unknown wasn't so scary. And like you mystify the, yeah. Yeah. And just like theater, everyone preps in their own way. Some prep more than yeah. others. Yeah. You, but what I learned was how I approach this, the, the work ethic that I feel I have or hopefully keep improving with. What I do here is how I would do it if I'm blessed with working with someone like Scorsese one day or yeah. working with actors that we look up to. And I think our process, our, our attention to detail, our attention to preparation, all is the same. Yeah, yeah. And the more I learn, the more I evolve, the better I get at it. Well, I'll just keep adding yeah. to it. Yeah. So I love it. I love it, man. I love the character they've written for me. I love... There is a nice, uh, malleable sense of uh, a freedom which with each yeah. take, and they let you yeah. play. They're very uh, encouraging with that. Yeah. So it's been a blast. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like it's one of those things that I was like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome because you know we've been going after just the on camera stuff for like the past few months. But I was like, yeah, it's so exciting. And there's things about the on camera world, and people are like, oh, do you want to like be doing just that now? And I was like, no, I love them. I love them both. And I love the differences that the on-camera stuff presents. And, you know, it's like the different challenges, but I was like, it's still just acting, you know, it's like, we're still doing, we're still doing the thing at the end of the day, which is what's so great about it. We're just storytelling and playing dress up. Yeah. You know, basically, basically. (laughs) Um, What I did notice, what I did notice was I went before I used to, I wasn't good at going into the room for auditions. I preferred self tapes. Well, now I feel it's flipped a bit. Because I went into a room, really? it was before COVID for a, a new TV series, but the difference in the room, the the sense of pressure that we put on ourselves was gone. I was just there to play. I wasn't like, yeah. I have to get this. It was like, what's this all about? Let's see what we can explore yeah. on the day, in the room, in that moment, not thinking. Because you got to find that balance, right? Especially with auditions or self-tapes. Yeah. How do you play? Do you think... This is how I do it on a set. Because sometimes in the scene, you're busy with a bunch of stuff. And with Bob's yeah. class, you know, you you bring some of that into it. But there's only so much you can do because you know that the tape they get, they're looking at you with this black backdrop right now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, how do you make it pop for that moment? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like I was saying earlier, where I feel like I, for my on-camera experience for things, was it was basically non-existent until I moved to the city about five years ago. And so all of my initial stuff was just baptism by fire and trying to figure out how to do it. And so it's been one of the big things for me has been trying to get into class because I'm like, well, what are what are the other people doing? Because it's like, you might think that you're like, oh, this is, this is brilliant. And then, you know, you walk away and you don't get any feedback. And you're like, well, 
did they like it? Did they not like it? And so just simply the thing of getting more reps at it and being in class and watching what other people do, I am so much more liberal with the things and the chances that I take in a self-tape now than I was a couple of years ago. And it's just, it, and one of the, one of the interesting things too, that's evolved because of quarantine um, is I think with self-tapes, because people are confined to their apartments and stuff, they're putting on full-fledged little movies where they're like, okay, now if I'm going to actually film this scene in my kitchen, I'm going to dress up. And I feel like people used to be a little bit more playing within the box for their auditions and for self-tape, where it was like a much more, it's like, I'll just be here. I'll be doing the thing. I feel like, well, I'm, I'm in the apartment and I've got all these props and I can kind of do it as much as I want. And so it's been fun because with that too, I feel like I've taken way more risks with self-tapes and things where I was like, no, like I've got the, I've got the bowl of ice cream and I'm eating a bowl. I was like, we're not, which, you know, if you were to go to one of the studios to film it, I was like, well, I can't keep this ice cream cold in my pocket. So then like go into the room, you have no idea when they're going to do it. So that's one of the things that's been kind of fun. Cause I was like, well, now we can just kind of swing for the fences a little bit more. And I was like, even last night I sent something in that I was like, I would never have sent that in like two years ago. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, okay, like let's, let's go for it. You know, let's just have, and I, I think at the end of the day, I still will always prefer to be in the room with the casting people because you just go, fact of the matter is that they go, oh, you know, Ramin's making amazing choices, but actually we want to see the scene go this way. You get to immediately make that fix, do it. They get to interact with you. They get a sense of who you are. You know, I, I think that's something that is a strength of both of ours, so that it's like we're able to sort of you know, read the room and, and, you know, get on with people. So I feel like I'll always lean towards the in-person thing, but it's been fun exploring, you know, I was like just getting crazy and like using props, using the environment and sort of like filming on location within your apartment versus before it just used to be, I've just got this blank thing and then you're here and you're kind of in profile. I was like, no, let's get weird. Let's get crazy with this. So, yeah. Cause you got to look like you're having fun too. Cause they want to know you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the other things too, that, um, I was like, that like Ted has said before where he was like, if you're having fun with your audition, chances are they'll probably enjoy themselves a little bit more. So he's like, make yourself laugh. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, it's like, he's like, if you're cracking yourself up and you're enjoying your own stuff, it'll probably bleed over into the other stuff. So sometimes there's things where it's like, I'll do things where I'm like, this is a little over the top, but I don't care. I love it. I'm going to roll with it. And I was like, I think that, I think that shows. And I go, at least maybe, who knows, maybe it'll completely turn them off. But at the end of the day, you're like, well, at least I had fun. At least I enjoyed my own work. Yeah. And the thing is the, the closer you are to being a hundred percent Tim, then the closer you are to being completely different from the rest. Yeah. Because yeah. there is only one Tim. So why don't yeah. you be the best version of that? And then hope yeah. that, cause it does sometimes it will, I think sometimes within the first five seconds, even during your slate, they know right away, no, that's not the guy. And it's, and it's, it's the same thing that carries over into the music theater world, I think, too. And I was like, they'll know within five seconds of you, of you doing things. And I think one of the fun things has been seeing the sort of cross-pollination between the on-camera world and into the camera, into the, into the stage world. Um, it's just... I feel like there's things that you can learn, especially especially within sort of that specificity of the on-camera stuff, that then when you add that extra layer into the stage stuff, 
it just makes things that much more enhanced. And you just sort of begin to think about different things that you might not have thought of before, even though the medium is different. But I, I think it's made, I think the on-camera stuff has made the theater stuff better. I don't know if you've had that experience, but. Absolutely. Because again, it's just, you're, you're expanding your craft. And I think it all, yeah. it does feed each other, especially because we come from the theater world. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. quick question then. If you were in the room and you had that scene where you're eating ice cream, what would you do? Yeah. Would you mime it? I don't know. Maybe I, I was like, maybe you could bring in a bowl and a, a bowl and a spoon. Would you? Know you? What I mean? Maybe. Or you know what? You know what you could do? I was like, I'd bring in a couple of yogurts because then you can just pop the tops on them. And it's like each one's like a new thing. But I and that's even something, too, that I would have never a few years ago had the bravery to do. But then it was like even uh, taking uh, Marcy Phillips. Uh, I took her class. Yeah, um, she, she works over at ABC and she's like props, bring pop, bring props. And she's like, we've had people bring a duffel bag into the room of their stuff. And like they set it up now, obviously, everything's within reason. You can't be destroying their space and this and that. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to learn how to like set it up and take it down. But even within that, I just go, those little things can make such a difference. You know what I mean? And then also I think there's something that if done properly, it, sh it conveys a confidence to them of them being like, this guy can handle this guy or girl can handle the ball for six seasons on this TV show. You know, do you know what? That is so true because you, you end up behaving in the environment, which is yeah. what I learned from Bob. He's like, stop acting. Stop yeah. behaving. Two times I was this close to two major. It still burns in me a bit, but I've got myself to blame because when I sent the self tapes in, in my head, I was like, no chance. So I took this risk and this sense of contentment was about it. Yeah. And I played so freely because I didn't care. Yeah. I just wanted to tell the story and I didn't think I want this job. Cause I yeah. thought it was such a shot in the dark. Next thing yeah. I know I'm flying, they're flying me to LA for the final screen test and whatnot. Suddenly now I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I want this. I became and very I, aware, very self-aware. Yeah. I knew that I wasn't going to get it anymore. Cause I lost my nerve. I was yeah. very green all of a sudden uh, and yeah. I wasn't convicted in my choices and yeah. what I was delivering. Cause I yeah. knew what I was doing in my head. I'm going, what are you doing? What are you doing yeah. with your hands right now? Why are yeah. you even doing it? That's not what you wanted to do with yeah, it. I was like, I remember you, you called me out once, right? You were like, you were like, how'd the audition go or something? And I was like, yeah. And then he like looked down and like, I didn't. And you were like, if you know what they were doing behind the table, you're not president in the thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're completely right. I was like, yeah. So what's in the near future for you, brother? I know it's hard. That's why like right now, everyone's like, hey, happy new year. I'm like, is it? Is it happy? Is it, is is it, it happy? It just feels like, like a continuation. It, it happened, but um, no, you know, one of the, one of the things that uh, again, helped me sort of get through some of the earlier quarantine stuff was kind of setting some fitness goals. And so for me, it's like one of the things that I sort of in my mind that I'm working towards is I go like, Oh, we've got the CrossFit open coming up in March, which is sort of this big, um, it's like everybody gets to participate in the same workouts. And so like, I've been putting in the work, you know, every night trying to like get better at these skills. So I was like, all right, well that gives me something. And as nerdy, I'm just get super nerdy where I was like, all right. And then that's how like, we're going to be eating this way towards that. So like 
that way, like throughout my day, I'm like planning my meals out. So that gives you a little bit of structure. And then I still have sort of this long-term goal um, for my 30th birthday. A big thing that I wanted to do was to run a marathon in like in a decently competitive time. And then within like a week of it to be hitting the like 1000 pound club challenge between your like squat bench press and like deadlift. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to like see if I can have that aerobic capacity and that strength. And so now I've gone to, all right, let's see if we can do like, uh, a triathlon, maybe, maybe a half Ironman. Cause there's no way that I, I was like, there's no way, but I could do like a full Ironman, but I'm looking at, there's like the New York triathlon, which will in theory be like mid July. And I was like, well, that could be kind of cool to like try to do that. And then maybe also try to do like the CrossFit total, which is like, instead of the bench press, it's like a, a strict shoulder press. So it's just kind of that thing of, again, you're like, well, when I set these goals out months ahead of time, it sort of get, helps me get that like daily structure and it gives you, you're like, okay. And so for me right now, it's like, instead of going to the show and that, you know, seven thirty for, you know, half hour, I'm like, well, you know, half hours at four o'clock and we head out and we go to class at five over at grand central. And like, that's, that's my little eight times a week thing that we got going on, but it's just something to like, okay. And then keep going. And then it's been nice because I'm like some of the, the past commercial work that I've done has been sort of because of that, fitnessy looking type physique and so i'm like great i was like i'm getting to do the thing where i was like you're you're in a weird indirect way you're getting paid to work out so i was like well that's a lot of fun so i'll take that it's kind of like that merging of all the worlds where it's like i get to work out but it's a commercial where i get to act and you're gonna get paid i was like well that's just that's just awesome so I'm like, those are some of the things that I'm like, just like setting those fitness goals have been things that sort of like mentally keep you on track for some stuff. And then, um, you know, anytime that you get an audition, it was like, I finally had two auditions come in and it's been a little bit of time since anything came in. So you're like, Oh, here we go. Like, that's great. Now you've got things to work on for the next few days. So how did you do your self tapes? Who read in with you? I've been FaceTiming people in and having them come through my little Bose speaker. So I, I set, so I set them up on, I'll do things where I set them up on my laptop, have them coming through my speaker. So it's nice, crystal clear audio. And then I've got like my ring lights and phone like here. So like you're, you know, my buddy, John, that I was reading with last night, but then I've got my phone set up here. So he's got his thing. So we can't quite really see each other. So I'm just playing to the focal spots in my uh, apartment. Um, and then I'm doing this, I'm doing the scene with him. So basically you set up your eyeline as you see fit for the scene and you just yeah. get his voice and do you put the speaker to, towards the eyeline to help you? Is that, uh, luckily the speaker doesn't make too much of a difference, but right. it's the, I'll try to make the laptop tilted so that he can somewhat see me for some of my, just like to, so that we're like kind of on the same page. But the priority is the phone. So I was like, I can't be checking down to the laptop. And if we've got this thing right there, so you've just sort of, but it's, it's, you know, I'll literally take the sticky notes and put them and go, okay, that's, that's detective so-and-so. And then that's officer, yeah. blah, blah. And I was like, and then we're going to split them on either side here. So we're able to do it. So, uh, <laughs> but it's been, I mean, but I've had, but I had things recently too, for me where I recorded my, I recorded all the lines for the scenes and I read with myself for something. So I had it going. So I like went into GarageBand and I had to edit out the lines. So I was reading the scene. It was like with like a girl or something. So I'm like changing up the like timbre of my voice to make it something. But I was like, it was one of those things where they're like, we need this by tomorrow at, you know, 
10 a.m. or whatever it is, you're getting it at eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, I have no one to read with. So I was my own reader. And so I just hit play and timed out the scene. The last two jobs I got, I read with myself. Are you serious? Yeah. And I remember after the the first one, my agent goes, that was a great self-tape. I'm like, was it? You know, I'm <laughs> acting with myself, right? He goes, are you? I said, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm a brilliant. I'm a brilliant scene partner. <laughs> I said I never want to hear about setting up the correct lighting. I said it was all done off my cell phone. So how did you did you leave dramatic pauses so you can do the voiceover of the other line? Yeah. Or so what I so I so what I did was because I'll do this when um, I'll do this when rehearsing for scenes where I'll record like I'll read the whole page just in the when I'm memorizing for stuff. I will read out the entire scene and then I then go into GarageBand and I will mute out my lines. So the timing on the MP3 is still the same. So it's like, I'll run it a few times. So I'm like, okay, I've like found my rhythm for things. And so then I go through and I cut out um, my voice. So the MP3, it's like those lines are going, that's where I should be speaking. Then the reader saying their lines, that's where I should be speaking. So it's like I just hit play on the MP3. So it's like I'm reading it with somebody. In so the are you room. watching? Are you watching the waves to know when you come in, or you've you've rehearsed it enough to kind of feel the? Uh, effectively, you're it. choreographing your timing, your yeah. lines. You can't yeah. dev- deviate too so much you get, once you've set it up. So right? you have yes. So that's one of those things too. That's like it's one of the con. Well, I go and like when when you're at that point, you're like we're already not under ideal circumstances. So you being like <laughs> I want to have really organic choices. You're like okay, we're just. We're just, this is a, this is a Hail Mary right now. So, but I've done it. I've done it both ways because I did, um, I had, I did it like that for, uh, I sent in a recording for um, this, this uh, great musical. I'm going to give it a shameless plug, but Clico that it was like, we literally did, um, we were doing a musical workshop for it uh, right beforehand. And so during quarantine, um, it was really, really amazing because we actually got to do like a filmed reading of it for them, like literally the day the day like the world shut down it was like march 13th or whatever it was um and so they were like it was like the day that broadway shut down and they're like can we just try to get one recording like we've we've done the 29 hour equity thing the showcase is supposed to be tomorrow morning can we just get one showcase out so we can have stuff to shoot it out to people and so we did that but so now they've been trying to like do press things and so they asked us to record uh, lines for, they asked us to try to send stuff in so that they could do like a sort of Zoom version of the song. But it was one of those things where it's like, I didn't come in until like seven pages, like into the song. And then it's like, you've got to like, 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 hey, I'm not king. Like, and so you're just like, so I was like, and I'm looking at the sheet music and I was like, I still, you know, it's like new music. So it's not my bones. It's not like an old, it's not like a show that we all know. And so that was one of the ones where I was literally looking on GarageBand and saying like three, two, no, I'm sick. Like, I was like, I need it. I was like, I was like, I'm lost in the sheet music. It's like flying by and there's notes everywhere. And I was like, I can't be like counting bars and being like one, two, three, one, two. So yeah. Yeah. I literally, for that one, I was like, I literally had to use GarageBand to like know visually when I had to enter into the music. How have you found your singing voice during lockdown? Are you practicing enough? Or do you find when you go to sing now, you're like, Oh God. Uh, I think it's a little bit more of the latter because you go, I was like, it's, it's like when they, people talk about being um, in football shape versus Mm. just regular shape. 
And I think if you ask any singer, the difference of our endurance when we're in a show versus when you're just like, you know, you're in between things, but even when you're in between things and still regularly auditioning, it's a little bit more sharp. And so it's been one of those things that it's been on me to have to, I was like, you know, I haven't had an audition where I've had the sing for months now. And so it's been like, I've been, I've still kept up voice lessons and stuff with my teacher because I've just been, I was like, let's keep those workouts going. Um, But I just go, I'm like, realistically, the demand of what you've been having to do, I was like, it's not the same. And so I've been playing around with like sort of more contemporary stuff and just being like, oh, let's play with like pop stuff. Let's find covers of things and just kind of, you know, let's play with different timbres and stuff because we're not having to do sort of the more legit music theatery stuff, which is a little bit more like my bread and butter in the world that I would normally live in. I've been looking into covers for pop stuff and just sort of playing because I was like, well, like, I don't think like an Angeros audition is going to be coming in anytime soon. So (laughs) I've been finding that's been tough, especially the theater sound of my voice. You know, I I feel like I've got different sounds depending on the songs and characters and styles, but it's been tough. So I've been forcing yeah. myself to actually start re-singing in things that I would normally take for granted because I've done them. So I like to bring him home the music of the night. Yeah. And yeah. But have you been, when you're doing them, when you've been doing them, have you been doing them in sort of a broad grassy st- type style or have you been trying to be like, Hey, let's make this like, this is, let's go like music theatery, how we did it on the stage. When I'm practicing on my own, I'm thinking stage. Okay. To, yeah. Cause that, that's a, it's a different muscularity when I, when I sing like that, look, I'm on train. Yeah. So my physicality is involved and it's hard. And it's hard to do that in practice when I'm like, well, I'm not the part now and I'm not planning on playing the part. Why yeah. am I doing this? But I yeah. don't want to lose it either. And no. I'm still on the fence, whether maybe I've lost it or it's just out yeah. of, you're you just not it. tour fit. You, you got it. You got it. I know you, you got it. Takes a lot but more effort, like- man. But like, it's such a real thing, right? When you're like, if somebody was to like hand you something crazy ambitious while you're like in the run of, you know, Les Mis or Avita or something like that, where you're like, oh, we're in, we're in this shape. We're using it every day. Like, and then you're just getting thrown something and you're like, all right, yeah, I can just like jump into it versus I feel like now it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like remember, we gotta like go back to a, yeah. a little bit of foundations, you know? And obviously there's a lot of muscle memory that's there when you've been doing it for years, but there is a little bit of like, let's, let's, Let's oil, oil this up. And then, ah, yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier when you're doing it regularly than just yeah. doing a one-off. Yeah. Remember when I was Jean Valjean in New York and I wanted to learn how to play it on banjo, I had you over at the flat yeah. and I got, I was like, can you sing, bring him home while I play it? Yeah. And I remember I was playing it cause it, cause at that time I probably still can't as well now, but play and sing <laughs> at the same time. No. Uh, yeah. So it helped. But I remember you were singing and then you did this one phrasing. I was like, that's beautiful. And I, from then on in, I phrased my bring them home, like how you did it for that one lick. I was like, that's amazing. That's, that's the closest that I've ever been to broad on Broadway is because I was like, <laughs> Ramin kind of did a thing of where, yeah. And I did a thing that, you know, he liked. And so, yeah, there's that. So but that was a great, yeah. And normally I don't take too many breaths. I like to hold long phrases. Yeah. But this one phrase I used to breathe before, and I heard when you did it once straight through, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm keeping that. <laughs> well, that it goes back to what we talked about. When you when you find someone inspire inspire you, I was like, I can go try yeah. that tonight. Oh yeah. And I'm 
I'm one of those people too. And like when I like when I get a new role um, for something, and again, I think it's super interesting because in the on camera world, one of the awesome things is that 99.9% of the time, no one's ever done this before. No one's ever said these words before. No one will ever say these words again. So it's kind of fun because you're like, there's nothing to look to for it. You know, it's like, this is, I'm originating this. Um, but I'm one of those people that when I am, you know, prepping for a role or doing something, I'm like, I love, I, I love going into sponge mode where I go, I want to watch everything. I want to see, I want to read about the time period. I want to watch the production. I want to see the other things that the people that were the leads of that have done it. Cause I'm, you know, I always want things to make it your own and you always want your own performance to come through. But I go, but if you really genuinely love someone else's thing on something and they, they've done it before, I'm like, I just go embrace it. Cause I go, you know, I don't think, I don't ever think that it's like a copycat type thing, but when you see someone do something and you just go, ah, that's it. You know, that's, I don't like, why would you rob yourself of, that you know well it's all there's references there and if it if it resonates with you then why would you let your ego get in the way go well they did this i'm not gonna do it it's at at the end of the day there's no denying and i'm not hiding the fact that calm influenced a lot of my roles that we both have done but no matter how much of him i take it's still coming out of my mouth so and my vocal cords so it's gonna ultimately be me and i love what tom hanks did said in his i think he got a golden Globes lifetime achievement award like last year or the year before and he thanked everyone in the audience that's here he goes i've borrowed from each and every one of you and i was like it was such a validating thing to hear i was like i do that but i thought i was cheating <laughs> now of course of it, course yeah. you borrow why yeah. wouldn't you yeah i mean it's just yeah it's one of like it, it's it, you know and i think that there is an important dividing line there like you know in, between that thing of just trying to copycat but it's it's like when you see it or you hear it's like, it's a perfect example. It's like when you hear somebody sing something, and I feel like us music theater nerds, we're all about that where you hear somebody do something and you're like, well, that's just gotta be the new standard. I was like, we can't go back from that. Like you've, <laughs> you've set the bar. And I was like, we can't go like, you're like, that's it. That's and like somebody finds an option up in some song and you're like, well, I can't ever unhear that. That was just so glorious, you know? And so you're like, well, now, now you've raised the bar and, and then I go, well, now I'll yeah. never be able to sing that. So that's fine. So, yeah. Well, that was my thing with Jean Valjean, why I never wanted to do it, because I didn't know what I could bring. The perfection was already there yeah. with Calm. And I was like, well, what, what am I going to bring yeah. or add to it? And I've told the story before of how it ended up doing it. And I'm so oh, glad yeah. I did, because then it, I was forced to, well, was not forced to do it, but it was in a way where I ended up finding something not knowing oh, that was 100%, there, you know, and then it's, you know, and then you have no idea what becomes the new standard after you get to do. I, one of the things that I always think is so uh, cool about when shows go back to Broadway or when a revival happens is that it becomes this, it's like, Oh, like you've established this new standard for something. And I'm like, I'm sure for something like even West side stories going forward, they're like, Oh, we're going to try to bring in, we're going to try to make it a little bit edgier. We're going to try to do something. And it's like with, uh, with the latest production of Oklahoma, I'm sure people are going to try to make it much more, you know, broad grassy, if you will. Like, if, I don't know if you got a chance to see it or whatnot, but, um, and I was like, I'm sure that's going to set a new standard for people. And so that's always cool when something comes back where it's like, and here's the, here's the new thing that then in all of the, you know, colleges and high schools and middle schools where like we grew up doing stuff, the directors are like, 
we're going to try this new thing on how they did it last time. And then it sort of gets like, it gets to keep things fresh and, you know, so. Well, listen, brother, I could, I want to talk to you forever, but I just think we should do this again another Sounds time. Great. So. Sounds great. To just bring it to an abrupt end. I'm going to ask you what I ask everyone, uh, at the yeah. end of my podcast. What made you smile? What made you smile yesterday? Um, what made me smile yesterday? Um, I got a text uh, of a photo of one of my nieces, um, and it's just being an uncle is the greatest thing ever. And so it's just uh, it. I literally have told I've told my siblings and one of my best friends. He's like my younger brother. He has a daughter too. Where I was like, you can just send me as many photos as like I will never tire of seeing the photos of them coming in. So just blitz me with them i don't care they all get saved into the photo roll so it's you're like going through your photos and you're hunting for something and then you're like oh that's yeah so yeah it's great oh i love that yeah. brother and can you give me the first childhood memory that comes to your mind that makes you smile first childhood memory that comes to mind uh top of brain thing is frogging at my grandparents uh old house where they had a pond in their backyard and so frogging was we'd go out with uh nets and so and then we'd go and you the, the frogs would be waiting in the water right along the brim and so then we just we'd try to like catch them and then we'd like see how many we could get and then like put them in a bucket and uh and like and then we'd just like release them but it was like so we'd like go out for an hour and be like see how many you get so you'd like go and then you're like all right like i got x like so and so and like whoever got like the bigger one and it i'm as i'm saying it now i'm like it blows my mind on like how many we were able to get when we were little because now if i like walk up to the water they all like dart and i was like how did i do this as like a as like a six-year-old kid where i was like yeah, i was like i was like a ninja when i was that young and then now i'm like you stop over and like all the wildlife scatters but uh yeah that's just i was like top of brain good memory was being my grandparents house being by the pond so that's great brother yeah. man i miss you i miss you but too, I, I just want to let you know that the the few good things i do like about social media is keeping up with your with your friends and the things that keep you inspired and when i'm down there's days when I look at your stuff that, man, okay, it gets me going. Oh, so you're you're super inspiring. I love to see, I love seeing the growth since I've known you and how you've grown as an Thank actor you, and started working and doing things. And I still don't, I still can't bench press as much as you. I saw your eleven reps the other day uh, well, on your Instagram. Hey, it, makes, like, it makes you feel better. I'm like, oh, cool, tendonitis in the right elbow. I remember. All right, cool, cool, cool. I was like, that's, that's what 31 feels like. Cool, awesome, awesome. So, but. I feel like I uh, I feel the exact same way, man. All right, brother. Love you, man. I love you too, man. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll do this again. Yeah, sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. All right, until next time, man. Take care. Thanks for hanging with myself and the all-around brilliant guy, Tim Rogan. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm off to, well, do anything to be better than yesterday. I have Tim to thank for that. The Hang is produced by Dory Berestein and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at bpn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, official Ramin Karamlu. 
Music for my podcast is by my friends in one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.